Productivity and knowledge work and service work demands that we build continuous learning into the job and into the organization. Knowledge demands continuous learning because it is constantly changing. That is so true. This is coming from Peter F. Drucker's book, Post-Capitalist Society. And I really want to drive that point home that, you know, knowledge is constantly changing and, and constant learning is required because of this. And service work, even of the purely clerical kind, also demands continuous self-improvement, continuous learning. And the best way for people to learn how to be more productive is for them to teach. Very, very interesting. So that's one of the benefits I've found here at the Modern Academy is, you know, people learn in different ways, but a great way to learn is to teach. And it, it basically drives the point home in your head. You know, there's something that's interesting. You can kind of draw the analogy from, um, you know, online. If, if you've done something called the two-factor authentication, like Google requires this, sometimes Facebook requires it, different, uh, basically login portals online requires this two-factor authentication. And with our minds, there's kind of a two-factor authentication. You know, we, we read things and we can take it in as conscious thought. But it's not until it actually embeds in the subconscious that we can remember it. And teaching it really drives this point home. So, you know, some people are, um, you know, there's multiple different ways of learning. Some people are visual, some people are auditory, some people are kinesthetic. Kinesthetic's like touching, feeling. And really a lot of people learn through osmosis, which is what a lot of people don't realize is that osmosis is so important to, to really learn and to understand. And osmosis basically is being around other people. That's where mentors come in. That's where people that can teach you so well come in. <clears throat> and again, let me drive this point home. The best way for people to learn how to be more productive is for them to teach. To obtain the improvement in productivity, which the post-capitalist society now needs. The organization has become both a learning and teaching organization. So important, a learning and teaching organization. Most people, the last day they learn is the, the day they leave school. And this is the large issue with that is <clears throat> when people leave school, they, they just stop learning altogether. <clears throat> and this is a very detrimental fact. There's a lot of issues with leaving school, not being able to learn and not fully understanding what is going on. And power must always be balanced by responsibility. Otherwise, it becomes tyranny. Without responsibility, power also always degenerates into non-performance. Let me drive that point home. So power must be balanced by responsibility. Otherwise, it becomes tyranny. So important. So that's kind of, you know, in Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility, as Uncle Ben told, tells Peter Parker. And it's so true. You know, if you have this massive power but no responsibility, that's a huge issue. That's why a lot of kind of trust fund kids or kids that, um, you know, have their college paid for or let's say they just have a giant inheritance. The, when, they, when they get that, the issue becomes them not being able to actually hold the responsibility for that power. So not being able to take the responsibility. And it's, it's a giant, giant issue. Without responsibility, power also always degenerates into non-performance. So, so important to understand. And organizations have power, but a lot of them don't really hold the responsibility as high as they should. So this is something we need to really shine a light on in our current political climate, our current um, economic climate, that a lot of organizations don't take the responsibility that they should. And the first answer to this problem is that no organization must be allowed power unless it is absolutely necessary to discharge of its function. 
Anything beyond this must be viewed as usurpation. A second answer is that the exercise of the organization's legitimate power must be safeguarded against the abuse of power. There must be a clear and public rules for this exercise, and there must be review and appeal to some person or some tribunal that is impartial and not part of the problem. There must be what lawyers call due process. The most important answer to the problem of the power of the organization is conversion from the a power-based to responsibility-based organization. So it's so important. So that, that's really the answer is instead of a power-based organization, instead of holding this kind of threat, it should be having a responsibility to themselves and to humanity as a whole, you know, bringing greater good for mankind. That's really what organizations should come down to. So, you know, we have these organizations that are just bloated. There's for a great example in the news right now, the police force, for example. You know, this is kind of a government-sanctioned thing. A lot of the things that the government sanctions are not good at all. You know, look at USPS. Look at the police force. Look at the DMV. Look at, um, you know, food stamps. All these different things. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Public schools. Very, very bad. All these organizations are not responsibility-based because their their pay is basically guaranteed. They, they see this as a guarantee versus when you're working for a responsibility-based organization where it's your your own personal responsibility to make things these things happen, and you're not just um, you're not just promised this pay. That's one of the things we talk about uh, understanding perverse incentives. You know, if if um, we talked about this a couple months ago when it came to the stimulus check and um, this billionaire Mark Cuban's proposal, which was actually very intelligent, it kind of helps with these um, perverse incentives, which a lot of people. If, um, for example, if they're at a sales job and they just get paid hourly, well, their incentive isn't to make more sales. Their incentive is just to sit there and have as many hours as possible. So what ends up happening? Well, their, their actually productivity, their work goes way down and they end up, you know, doing what should take like four hours, doing it over eight to 10 hours. And when you pay someone on commission, then their responsibility is in their own hands. Because if they don't put the, put out the work, well, they're responsible for their paycheck. And if they do put out the work, well, they're responsible for what they put in. So this is something that's so, so important. That's really where responsibility comes into this. So in the traditional organization, most of the people called managers do not actually manage. They relay orders downward and information upward. The knowledge-based organization, by contrast, has to assume that superiors do not know the job of the subordinates. They have never held it. So that's very, very important. You know, a lot of people get mixed up with this. So this is really interesting. So now we're moving into um, knowledge-based organizations, information into responsibility, and these kind of different key concepts that Peter Drucker lays out in this book that are really powerful. And this is something that's it's very, very interesting. And, and this is kind of the one thing in the action result feedback loop. So... The knowledge-based organization, therefore, requires that everyone take responsibility for that organization's objective, contribution, and indeed for all of its behaviors as well. This implies that all members of the organization must think through their objectives and their contributions and then take responsibility for both. It implies that there are no subordinates, there are only associates. Furthermore, in knowledge-based organizations, all members have to be able to control their own work by feedback from their results to their objectives. So, so important. People don't realize that. You know, people have this um, victim mentality where 
somebody else's fault. They never take personal responsibility for things. This is why I think it's so important to, you know, if, if you have the chance to start your own thing, start your own business, because you're responsible for everything. Nobody, it's nobody else's fault. You can't say, oh, that person screwed me over. This person screwed me over. No, 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 no. You're responsible. You're the one that decided to do business with that person. You're the one that decided not to put in the work. You're the one that decided to put in the work if you're responsible for positive results. But a lot of people, you know, go to nine to five jobs and then they have this victim mentality of, oh, it's this person's fault. Oh, it's the government's fault. Oh, um, you know, I, I heard uh, someone that I actually know, uh, let's see, this was on Sunday, saying that the government is the most, what, what did he say? Um, it's like they're the biggest organized crime group in the world. And it's like you've already lost if you have that mentality. You've already lost if you see it as, the, as you're playing the victim. So what is the one major contribution to this organization and mission which I can take, make at this particular time? That's something that you must always ask yourself. Whether you're a member of an organization, whether you're in a church group, whether you're in a book group, you know, what is the one contribution that I can make at this particular time? So it's important to just lay focus on this one thing and then step by step get ahead. A lot of people divert their energy and divergent attention leads to decay. So when your attention's in all these different areas, well, you're not actually able to focus your energy on just one thing because you're so, you're spread so thin. And this is what a lot of people fall into. So it requires, in other words, that all members act as responsible decision makers. All members have to see themselves as executives. Very, very important. This is another book that Peter F. Drucker wrote is uh, The Effective Executive. Very, very powerful. The first book I ever read by him, which is a great book to start out with, especially if you haven't been um, you know, reading or you, you have seen reading in the, the light of that school taught us, and they, which is terrible, you know, the horrible, horrible ways to read and, and different strategies to read. They, they really mess up reading for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people don't read at all after their formal education. And a great book to start on is Managing Oneself by Peter F. Drucker. That's an incredible, incredible book because it basically allows you to to take the bird's eye view on your life. It's really short. You can literally read it in like under two hours. And uh, life-changing, you know, really life-changing book. So Managing Oneself by Peter F. Drucker, very, very powerful. So moving on to to make everybody a contributor. So for power without responsibility is not power at all. It is irresponsibility. This is very, very powerful saying by Peter F. Drucker that, you know, power without responsibility is just irresponsibility in the end of the day. And what we ought to be asking is not what should you be entitled to, but what should you be responsible for? The task of management in the knowledge-based organization is not to make everybody a boss. It is to make everybody a contributor. Very, very powerful. So making everybody contribute to the organization is so important. And, you know, in, the, in this society, we have, like I talked about in this episode, people playing the victim mentality, people playing the victim card and seeing their boss's decisions or their parents' decisions or their the government's decisions as, um, you know, hurting them. And this is kind of the learned helplessness we fall into. I can't remember. I wish I could remember the exact words for this, but... It's Oh, it's uh, environmental and maybe parental. I don't think it's parental. It's like environmental in another word, but these are kind of the um, 
the blame mentalities we, we hold. There's a, there's a great book by this psychologist that I, I'm just drawing a blank on currently. Um, not as sharp as I should be. You know, if you listen to yesterday's quarantine side chat, if you're uh, following along here with the Modern Academy, um, there's some stress. You know, one of my neighbors actually got very, very sick and I was around him Sunday, even shook his hand and it's just a little stressful. So not as sharp as I should be with these quarantine side chats in this modern academy, but anybody that's been following along at this point in the episode, I really want to thank you for everything and supporting here at the modern academy. You know, we've been in the past putting out three episodes a day in the past two weeks, really the this, um, second half of, I would say, the lockdown. It's been about 90 days we've been in this lockdown. And the first half was great. You know, three three episodes a day did really, really well. Second half, um, there were some changes. And I think with with everyone, it's, it's hard to, first of all, it's hard to put out three podcasts a day. That's a challenge. And even though we do, you know, five, 10 and 15 minute episodes, it takes a lot of effort to put these in. You know, I'm also running a business and many other things. And that's not to say that those are to blame. I take full responsibility, again, kind of going along with the concept of this book. But it was a challenge, you know, it was a challenge in the beginning. And I, I love doing the episodes. That's why we're returning back to three episodes a day. So there was a little bit of a lapse in the three episodes a day. We still try to put out an episode a day consistently and... You know, it's just crazy with everything going on in the in the world. And I've been working as hard as I can to make my life so I'm not reliant on, um, you know, like we're talking about, not relying on any organization, not relying on any government, not relying on anyone for money and being able to adapt to move into this changing environment. And one of the things that's very interesting with this is minimalism. So minimalism is basically having only the things that really, really matter in your life. You know, a lot of us, just have a lot of things and things that don't actually bring meaning to us, things that we think, um, you know, make our lives easier. But when we try to make our lives easier, we end up spending our money on things that we don't truly need. And this is why I'm kind of doing this minor announcement. I'll probably do an episode later on this, but um, in September, I'm actually moving to Thailand. So grew up in Iowa basically all my life. And um, yeah, Moving to Thailand in September, going to be traveling around Southeastern Asia for probably the rest of this year. Um, Thailand has no new cases at all of coronavirus. It's completely down. And with everything going on in the U.S., I uh, I think this is a good move. So, again, it's very exciting. Um, a lot going on because I run a business, you know, kind of consolidating my book collection, all these things. So I'll be able to have... You know, I don't want to be tied down to any material possessions, basically. I, I want to be able to be free to travel the world. And that's really the point of life, right? You know, being able to enjoy the things that you want and in kind of prioritizing in in the right order. So thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a view and subscribe. And until next time.